Would you like to turn to your Bibles to Mark chapter 6? Mark chapter 6, and we're going to start reading uh, on verse 30. Okay, Mark 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and had taught. Then, because so many were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and they got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five, and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, and taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Okay, when Jesus landed, when he saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And what happened next was a a remarkable miracle. It's the feeding of the 5,000. I think it'd be familiar to lots of us. And it's an amazing miracle that we're to let the impact of the miracle hit us. But alongside that, there was a story being played out here. And it's particularly that story that I want to focus on this morning. Because Jesus has already said, the crowd are like a sheep without a shepherd. And then what he then does is he acts as the shepherd. This is a revelation of Jesus, the good shepherd in action. And it's often not, it's not not always the place we go to when we kind of think of Jesus as the good shepherd. We often go to John or, or to other verses. But this is a shepherding moment in the life of Jesus. And it's also a dramatic contrast to what's just happened. 
I didn't kind of read the first bit because it's not good reading. But the bit before, if you just scan it, you can read all about King Herod. And he has a party. And he puts on his own feast. And he calls all the people in society and people with privilege and people with money, he calls them together. And they feast. And it ends up in John the Baptist being killed. And so you get a ruler of the time having a feast that ends in death. But we're going to find we've also got a ruler, the new king in town, Jesus, the good shepherd. He has a feast and it's going to end in life. And it's critical we see the contrast between these two things. It's critical that we know it ourselves, but I believe that there's things in this story that are to equip us for these days in which we live in. These days, when actually I believe there's crisis of leadership in the nation and nations. And there's something different to be seen. There's something different to be experienced, which actually is the shepherd heart of God. That's the contrast to the rulership at the moment. So what I'm going to do, okay, we've read the story, we looked at the story, I'm going to come back to the story, and it's almost like that's the photo. Okay, so we're on our camera app on the phone, We've looked at photo, and they're going to just slide it to the side, and we're going to step back, and we're going to see a panorama of God's shepherd heart. Then we're going to again just look at this story, and then we're going to end up by taking one big selfie together. Okay, so basically that much, that's my structure. It's simple, and hopefully you'll be able to follow it. But this story, it, it feeds into a bigger story of God's shepherd heart. And I want to take you back and kind of want you to use your imagination here in this panorama. But we're going to start over here, okay? And you guys over here, you're in Egypt a very long time ago. And I want you to imagine a very old man. Now, looking at me, you kind of got to you really use your imagination on this one, but imagine that I'm very old, okay? I'm kind of grey, I haven't got much hair and whatever, okay? But this old man is on his deathbed. And he calls his son. And he knows he hasn't got long to last. And he calls his son, and his son actually is a super busy man. Actually, he's kind of, uh, number two, he's almost like the prime minister in Egypt. His son makes time. He comes with his two sons, his son and two grandsons. And they're by the bed of this old man. And this old man, he's got something with him. A staff. And this staff has been with him throughout all of his life. He had been a shepherd. In fact, there's even sheep today that are named after this guy. Jacob's sheep. And he's leaning on it, and he's on his deathbed, and he somehow sits up, and he'll be leaning on his staff. And I think 
this would have spoken so strongly to him because it reminded him of how God had cared for him. It reminded him of the times when he had walked through the valley of the shadow of grief. He had had personal family crisis. He thought his favourite son had died for years. He'd lived through that. He'd actually lived through famine. But now he's seen God provide. Provide food. It was a story of God being with him. And as he leans on his, on his staff, he speaks to his favourite son, Joseph. And Jacob says this, and the verse will go up, I think. Okay, he says this. He says, May the God be whom, of, before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walk faithfully, the God who's been my shepherd, my shepherd all my life. That was a summing up of his life. It's this old guy who, boy, I did he have some stories to tell. But it was all summed up. God's been my shepherd. And you can read on a little bit further when he blesses each of his sons that he actually says this, again, leaning on his staff, he reminds them, God is the shepherd, the rock of Israel. We need to know God is the shepherd of our lives. He's there in and through everything. Let's know it. But then, okay, we're in the panorama. We move a bit, bit further in terms of time, but we're still in Egypt. But it's all a bit different now in Egypt. In fact, God's people, the whole circumstances, their fortunes have changed. They are now slaves. They are trapped. You, you guys are the trapped ones. Okay? You're the good guys in Egypt. You're the trapped ones. Okay? You're trapped in Egypt, and there's oppression. And you're crying out to God. And you're crying for a deliverer. Set us free. And God calls someone... And what is that person doing? He is in the wilderness with a staff. He's a shepherd. His name is Moses. And God calls him out of the wilderness. And we find for Moses, this staff is with him the whole time. It becomes part of somehow... His leadership is tied up with his staff. He, he spreads out his staff and the Red Sea opens. This staff, this shepherding staff, it speaks of God's deliverance, of God's power. And the whole story of the people of Israel following Moses through the wilderness is a story of shepherd care. They're provided with food. They have protection in the midst of their enemies. They're given water to drink from. They're, they're going somewhere. This shepherd, deliverer, leads them out and he's leading them through something. And then we kind of get to the end of Moses and it's not his shepherding job to lead them into the promised land. He leads them through the wilderness. He brings them to the edge of it. 
And then Moses prays, prays a prayer, and I'm already out of sync with these verses. I'm really sorry. Okay, okay, I'm hopeless at PowerPoint, except I can do this sort of PowerPoint. But actually, the Psalms speaks about this journey of the Exodus, and it says this. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, through, through, through the... Blah, 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 blah. Isn't it good when you can read it, okay, and you can kind of overlook my attempts to read? Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. It's a fascinating psalm. The psalmist looks back on the story of Israel. They've been led like a flock. And then towards the end of that, It's then Moses knows he's not going to lead them into, so he prays. And that's where we get this next verse. Big nod. Okay. We get this next verse. He prays for a new leader. And it's fascinating to see what he prays. He says this. May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them. One who will lead them out and bring them in. So the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. And so we've moved from Egypt now. We're now into inheritance. Hey, guys, you're in the inheritance. Does that feel good? Okay. You, at this point, are very, allowed to be very smug and look at all those people in captivity. And you say, it's really good over that side. Okay. So now this is about inheritance. And fascinating, we often think of Joshua as the warrior, which he was, but actually he was a shepherd. Moses has prayed for someone to lead with the shepherd heart of God. We've seen a shepherd for life with Jacob. We've seen a shepherd deliverer in terms of Moses. Now we're looking at a shepherd warrior. One who knows how to fight. And actually, if you read through the scriptures, you can look in the Isaiah 40, and you find this incredible picture of the Lord, really, kind of carrying the young, like a shepherd carries a lamb, like a shepherd carries the sheep. He's carrying with his arms, but almost in the next breath and the next verses, he say his arm is like the arm of a warrior. We have a shepherd who fights. He overcomes. He's a shepherd, warrior. And then we move quickly on to inherit from inheritance. We leave over to you guys, okay, and you are the super smug ones. Your kingdom. Okay? You are the kingdom. It's all leading to the kingdom. Okay? Give permission to look kingly. And what we find there is that God calls someone to be a king. Who is that? It's David. And what was David doing when God called him? Shepherd. He was the overlooked shepherd. He had a staff. He had learned to fight things. A bear, a wolf, a bear, a lion. He was the one who had learned to overcome And this was the birth of a new type of shepherd, a shepherd king. A shepherd king. From then on, kingship 
will be seen, rulership, leadership will be seen in terms of expressing the shepherd heart of God. And then they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> they didn't go into exile. Sorry, but you guys over there, you're the exile ones, okay? Okay? Yeah. They end in exile. And the prophets speak so clearly about why are these five in exile? What's gone wrong? Without judging too harshly. What's gone wrong with them? What's the problem? What's the diagnosis? Well, Jeremiah goes for it, but we'll just go with Ezekiel. I think the scripture will come up. This is what the Lord uh, it, that says. That, oh, there's a verse before that. Let me read from my notes. It's easier. It says this. In Jeremiah, I think it says this, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep in my pasture. In Ezekiel, it says this, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. There's a real woe. God's shepherd heart through leadership has been perverted. It's been distorted by the leadership. It no longer reflects the shepherd heart of God. It's all about care for yourself. And it's into that that God makes this amazing promise of something far, be far better. He says that I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. There's a promise of God himself being the shepherd. This is massive. Everything about shepherding so far is going to be found in God himself. A shepherd for life, a shepherd deliverer, a shepherd warrior, a shepherd king, the one who will not serve himself, but the one who truly will express the heart of God. And what's more, one of the prophets, one of those little tucked away small prophets, adds a little bit of detail in Micah when he says this, but you, Bethlehem, you're going to be the place in the land of Judah where this will come from you, a ruler who will shepherd his people. That's the panorama. That's the panorama. We've got to see that. Because now if we slide our smartphones back to the original picture, we get this contrast. There's Herod, a ruler of the time, and what is he doing? He's caring for himself. He's serving himself. He's representing everything that was wrong. That story has continued. And it's into that setting another shepherd arrived who was born in Bethlehem. And he's come out of the wilderness. And that speaks of Moses. And he comes with a, a new message, which is one of freedom that speaks of the Exodus. And we find this Jesus, our shepherd deliverer, our shepherd warrior, 
suddenly is doing something very shepherdy. It's important we see this. The contrast between these two scenes is basically two feasts and two very different stories. Jesus cares for his own. It is that after John's death, Jesus takes disciples away for rest. It's what a shepherd does. He cares for his own. Are you hurting? Are you struggling? Have you gone through difficult, this is difficult times. This wasn't an isolated incident that what happened in Herod's palace. There was a rising opposition that was growing, growing, growing. It was uncertain times. Jesus takes his disciples away for rest. He cares for his own. He cares for us. But he cares for the lost. Got to see this one. The crowds follow. They do that when the shepherd heart of God is truly revealed. And I believe that's what God is calling the church to in our nation in these days. In times where many things are failing around us. God wants us to express something different that is about his shepherd heart. You see, shepherding isn't just about for the church. It's for those who are lost. That's how Jesus saw the crowd. They're lost. They're sheep without a shepherd. Jesus teaches. He says he taught them many things. He, 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 he saw the crowd, they're sheep without a shepherd, and in verse 34, so, okay, when you see a crowd that are without, in that lost, what do they need? Truth. They need truth. Let's not apologize for truth, let's be Confident in the truth. This is a day and a time for us as churches to be clear on the truth. What God is saying. What the Bible says. We need to feed people with truth. Not to hit people with truth. Feed them. He teaches. He's leading them in righteous paths as he teaches. And he actually feeds them. He gives them physical food as well. And what this is, it's just so full. It's almost like the second miracle of the Exodus revisited, where manna was found in the earth. Now, food miraculously appears. Different, kind of, in a different way, but it's the same sort of miracle. Jesus feeds them. Jesus, the shepherd. And then he gets them to, to, to sit on the grass. 
He makes me lie down. It's a little detail in the story that just, you know, through study, just became a bit more aware of. It's fascinating, that detail. And Mark, who's not a great fan of detail, he just wants the action. Okay, he kind of, it really is the action movie gospel. And yet here, he kind of says a couple of times, he said, Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the, even the green grass. It's not typical Mark. Luke would have written that on the green grass. Well, why? It has such imagery of the shepherd. and He, he, he brings me into what pastures? Green pastures. This is the shepherd. It's says a wonderful miracle, but it's an expression of the shepherd heart of God. And this is so different to what just happened in the palace. Here they are on grass. No longer in the palace. Here they are, a feast for everyone, not just the privileged. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Jesus comes and meets you right where you are. And then Jesus involves his disciples. They become partners. Again, this remarkable scene of involving the disciples in, okay, what food is there? And then, and then gives them these loaves and fish. And suddenly they become partners in his shepherding care. Okay? Important to see. So... We've seen the panorama. We've seen the photo, the portrait, really. Okay, let's do that final selfie. Let's put us in that picture. What does it mean? What does it mean? Well, number one is this. The shepherd found us. That's why we're here. The only reason you're here, if you're part of the church here, the only reason for that is because the shepherd found you. He sought you. You were lost. He found you. Evangelism is expressing the shepherd heart of God. And one of the tragedies of the church is that actually we've separated the two. And there may be lots of people here who'd be thinking, oh, I'm not an evangelist. But actually, we all can have God's shepherd heart in reaching out to others. It's critical we see this. How that prophetic word this morning about mission. This is landing something about that prophetic word. It's not all that we you know, become a raving evangelist. Well, if you are a raving evangelist, great. Let's pray for you and go out and rave. But actually, there's something bigger here of reaching the lost. He found us. He is our good shepherd. Go back to that first scene of an old man leaning on his staff. Remembering 
valleys of difficulty, remembering famine, remembering hard times. Jesus is our shepherd today. What situation, what circumstance are you walking through right now? Some of you could be in that valley of grief, valley of the shadow of death. Some of you could be oppressed by your enemies. He's giving you a table. You can feed on him. Some of you, it's just scarcity. You, 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 you don't know. You need provision. He is your good shepherd. He found us. Second thing in the selfie, we're in it individually. Second thing in the selfie, we're in it together. We're in, we are his flock. And it's often not a description of the church, you know, that, that's, you, know, we, we, you know, we don't use much in terms of speaking about church to others, but we need to know that ourselves. We are his flock. There's a, a b- biblical imagery there that's important. We follow someone. That's actually discipleship. We follow Jesus, the good shepherd, and we want to follow him together. We want to follow his ways of righteousness. But also want to express this shepherd care to one another. So there's a good shepherd and then he releases that and he involves us as his disciples in being partners of sharing his care to one another. So we then become a shepherding community together. Critical we see this. And again, this is where the church in the past, or traditional church, can sometimes get it wrong. It's like the pastor or the pastors or or, or just a group. No, it's a pastoral community. We're a shepherding community. We're to reflect the heart of God to one another. We're vertical in terms of him, but we're horizontal in every other way. We give his shepherd care to one another. If some of you is sick, if some of you is, is struggling, if some of you is oppressed by the, you know, feels oppressed, if some of you are walking through the valley of the shadow of grief, we don't just look and think, well, I wonder when one of the leaders are going to be there. Or I wonder where the pastor is in this. No, we are it together. This is radical stuff. We're partners with him in his shepherding care. We're in the selfie. This big panorama, we think, oh, well, that's very nice. That's very interesting. I like your visual aid, Rog. Yeah, that's nice. No, no, it's much bigger than that. We're in it. And then the third thing of being in this selfie together is this. It's our mission. It's our mission We're to know it, we're to live it out, but we're to give it. It's our mission. What would be Jesus' statement of our nation, of the communities we live in, of the nations today? It's this, simple, thou sheep without a shepherd.
And there's all sorts of, and don't hear me, this isn't a political thing, so don't hear it in this way. But there's all sorts of leadership that's being expressed out there that does not reflect the shepherd heart of God. And God calls us to be that. It's not the others to do it, it's us to be that. And God strategically has placed every single one of you with shepherding responsibility. Some of you youth in school or if in college, whatever, he's given you friends there that you can be a shepherd to. It's not you going to school saying, hey, I'm your shepherd. But you express his heart by care, by reaching out, by loving. When Cheryl and I moved north uh, some years ago now, and we kind of live in this farmhouse just outside the Cockermouth, and out the back of us is this courtyard. And, we, and I can remember, it's clear as a bell. I looked out, and it's where we do the, kind of got our kitchen looks out over it. I was doing the washing up. Yeah, I do the washing up. <laughs> it was a special day. And I was looking out over the courtyard, and there's neighbours there that we're just going to know, and then there's some holiday cottages of people coming and going, coming and going, and coming and going. And some people parking in very unhelpful ways. And I can remember, you know, that feeling of crossness, which I know no one in Sheffield ever gets, but it's a, it's a cumbering thing. I, I can't say, it's our courtyard. Why don't they park sensibly? Jeremy and Anne should know better, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I no, couldn't resist that one. But it, it's like, <clears throat> and I felt this phrase come to my mind, be pastor of the courtyard. Express the shepherd heart of God to folks that come in and go out. Some people would never see again. They'll literally be there for a week's holiday and they'll be gone. And we've tried to do that in all sorts of ways. Yeah, some folks just need a bit of help, not quite sure when we reach out. But our neighbours are there all the time. And literally, you know, conversations we've had, practical things we've done, it's been a reaching out. Listen, God's given you your place at work. Let's just imagine if all of us, you know, all, all of you tomorrow who are going into a, work, a place to work think this, I am shepherd to this department. I'm shepherd to these people who hop desk with me. I'm shepherd to these people I work alongside. I'm shepherd, you know, to these people I serve in retail. I'm shepherd to these people that I'm going to advise. If somebody, I really felt this strongly. I, I'm guessing a number of you work in the health kind of, in, in national health, and that said, you just, this amidst all your incredible gifts and training and all that you do, think, I, I, I want to express the shepherd heart of God in that. Teachers, education, think of this, expressing the shepherd heart of God. Now, I know some of you will be doing it, I'm encouraging you in what you do too, but let's hear this. This is radical, this is mission. This is bringing... This takes the very state of our nation and it lands it right into the spheres where God has places and there's places of influence and say, they're sheep without a shepherd. Okay, how can I feed them? How can I reach out? How can I? 
lead them to quiet places? How can I speak to them of true rest? It's a mission God calls us to. It's what the nation needs. It's what you do together as a church, your food bank. What's that? It's a shepherding enterprise. Any debt counselling you do, what is it? It expresses the shepherd heart of God. I believe God wants to so help you. I believe you've got a rich story to tell in this. But I believe he wants to turn it up. He wants to move the gear up. He wants to release this more and more. When you hear this word about mission, interpret it in this way of how to reach out. I believe some of you, you need to be reminded right now of God's shepherding care now in your life. Just felt there are some folks here who really are struggling with anxiety. And it's a, a, a real issue in your life. And you're to hear this. The shepherd anoints your head with oil. And uh, I, I think it's going to be good to pray if, if that's you. But I believe, as well as that, that there's many of you need that fresh sense of commission and permission and release to think, yeah, I'm the office pastor. I'm the neighborhood pastor. Not by title, but through heart. Reach out. Make the difference. Express the heart of Jesus.